Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mobile Technology Spotlight, sponsored by Samsung Electronics of America and presented by Public Safety Insight. Samsung is committed to supporting public safety and helping first responders use technology as a force multiplier. I'm Dale Stockton, and today I'll be talking with Amos Halawa. Amos is a criminal intelligence investigator with the Carter County Sheriff's Office in Eastern Tennessee. He's been with the agency for more than 20 years, and he's also a volunteer firefighter with the Hampton Valley Forge Fire Department. He's the agency's technology officer, and he's been with Hampton Valley FD for more than 20 years and has worked in every position in the department, including being the fire chief for several years. For both the sheriff's office and the fire department, Amos has become very adept at leveraging smartphones to expand operational capabilities and situational awareness. And that is why he's here with us today. So, Amos, why don't you give us a brief overview of each of the agencies that you work with? And by the way, I think you're the only guy I know that's probably got 40 years plus of public safety service, (laughs) served with two agencies at 20 each. So you get distinction for that. Go ahead, sir. Well, the loss of my hair shows you how much that stress has taken on me, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and speak with you today. My service at the sheriff's office you know, we're about a 150-person agency, including patrol CID, SROs, corrections. We have smartphones deployed throughout all aspects of our department. Our patrol officers are issued phones, and in the jail, we use phones for everything. So, you know, technology is everywhere. We're leveraging that data and the technology throughout the department. And at the fire department, every volunteer is got service and we use different tools on our phones instead of carrying around heavy bulky equipment and stuff like that so at the fire department we have probably 25 really good active members right now we've had it as high as 40 before but you know it's it's hard to get people to work much less volunteer even though it's an unpaid job it is still a job and it's a lot of hard work we cover at the fire department about six thousand homes and businesses you know, we have a very large area. We we border up to a lot of other departments. And so being able to communicate with them is always a, an issue that we've had to deal with. So. so in the sheriff's department, in the sheriff's office, I'm sorry, you guys are a sheriff's office. The smartphones, they're out there with the deputies on patrol. What types of things do they do with them? So we have a, at the sheriff's office, we have several apps. We have an app that runs on the phones that interfaces with our CADs and records management. So the officers on a day-to-day basis, they're looking at that phone to see what calls for service are still out there. What's the status of those calls? They can even read the notes that the dispatcher puts in on the call. When they're on scene, they can take photos, record audio or video, and tie that back to their case right off of their device. We have it set up to where they can run NCIC, so they can run tags, driver's licenses, right off the phone itself instead of having to necessarily call all that information back to the dispatcher. And when they do that, it keeps that record in with their calls. So it it takes a lot of that radio traffic out and puts things like photos and information that sometimes is hard to copy off over the radio just due to interference. It, it puts it right in front of them, makes it much easier and simpler for them to do that job. Got it. And then you mentioned your fire department volunteers have smartphones now how did that come about and have you seen some benefits there yeah so we uh we have been a partner with t-mobile and their connecting heroes program we were one of the first departments to jump onto that program when it became available 
So that has allowed us to basically, it's a volunteer department. It's hard to force people and say, hey, you got to have this. But if you're giving them something for free and saying, hey, here's free cell service, you put it in your phone. Now we can say, okay, here's these apps that you can run and here's how we use them. That gets them to use the capabilities that we have without them saying, well, I can't afford to go you know, get that because, you know, I'm already volunteering my time to do this other stuff. Right. That's great that you're able to do that with volunteers. And I, I understand the value to them and and retaining volunteers with that. So obviously smartphones, one of the reasons they're so useful is they, you know, the old saying, there's an app for that. So public safety budgets are always stretched. Could you tell us about any apps that you found to be especially helpful and that are available for little or no cost to first responders? Yeah, so uh, three that I use at both agencies would be Zello, Telegram, and TAG. And one of them that we use at the fire department is Active 911. That's good. You got four of them. So why don't you start off with Zello? And I'm going to assume our audience doesn't have any familiarity with any of these. So why don't we start with Zello? Tell them what the use case would be. So Zello is a uh, push-to-talk app, basically, and it has capabilities to use a gateway to interface with your existing LMR, land mobile radios. We feed our radio channels into Zello so that even if an officer is out with his family and having dinner, something's going on, instead of having to rush back to a vehicle or home to pick up a radio or even to call 911, they're able to just load up the app, listen to the radio traffic as it's going on, and if necessary, even talk back, you know, to say, hey, I'm in route or, you know, on a private group, you know, hey, this is what we need. I need you to respond here type stuff. The Zello offers work accounts to all first responders for free. And so once you sign up with an account, you fill out a little application, they will hook you up with a free account and a really good company. Can't say enough good about them for what they do for first responders on an everyday basis. That's great. Appreciate it. And then you mentioned Telegram. What about that one? So Telegram is a chat app, basically like WhatsApp or, you know, some of these others that are out there. One of the reasons that we went with Telegram is they have a very well-developed API, which allows us to push information into that chat. Most of our chats are just, hey, you know, I'm en route to the station or, you know, I'm over here or, hey, this is a picture of a guy that we're looking for. It has really good tools to include a large amount of people into one chat very quickly the ability to just share a link out and let a bunch of people jump on a chat. So if we have multiple agencies responding to an incident, we can text one person in that agency a link and say, hey, send this to all your guys. And the next thing we know, we got 20 people popping into a chat. And then we can even feed into that chat our radio traffic or you know different things that we need to, whatever the situation is, so that you know we could have, I've had as much as 60 people in one chat for you know, half a day while we were working an op. And then I've had as many as 120 people in a chat that we worked for over a four-day period. And just information was passed around very quickly. And we were able to onboard a large amount of people very quickly, but it still gives us the ability to manage that group to control who's in that group and who has access. That's a free app that is available. That sounds great. And just to clarify, I assume from those numbers, you're you're talking about multi-agency capability, even though they may not have a common radio frequency, they're able to leverage Telegram. Is that right? 
Yeah, we use it for a lot of the, our multi-agency stuff. We also use it on a, the day-to-day basis, too, just for our regular operations on what's going on to be able to pass information back and forth between groups, both at the sheriff's office and the fire department. That's great. And then you mentioned TAC. I think that stands for Team Awareness Kit. What about that one? Yeah, so TAC is a uh, DOD-developed software. Anybody can get access to it. It's a free software you can download off of either uh, iTAC off the Apple Store or ATAC off of the Google Play Store. And then you can run your own TAC server. But if anybody wants more information on that, go to TAC.gov. That's T-A-K.gov. It is a situational awareness tool. It allows you to put sensor data from multiple types of sensors into one geo-referenced map and then overlay that with the locations of all your officers or firefighters, whoever you're working with on whatever incident or rescue squad. All that information pumps into one screen, including uh, video feeds from traffic cameras, public-facing cameras. We can even video feed our drone footage into that and share that back out. We track aircraft. So we we have our local med flight helicopters, state police, TBI, everybody's aircraft's all crammed into it. So if there's something going on in our area, we can track what we need to. And it gives a real good common operational picture for a, an on-scene commander right on his cell phone. It also, you know, from everybody from the patrol level, the firefighter level, if we're working a brush fire, you can see how big it is by having a guy walk the line and it basically paints you a a graph of, okay, here's where our fire is at. In a law enforcement perspective, we have used that very effectively in pursuits, where they're at right now, you know, radio traffic. If you're going 60, 70 miles an hour, by the time you get out of road name, you're a good quarter mile down the road or something, you know, like you're, you're moving constantly or you're turning with tack. We can keep up with that very quickly, which way that pursuit's going or if it's stopped and then nobody's on the radio. So, that tool there, we have leveraged across multiple disciplines and even multiple jurisdictions in our area to expand that functionality out. That's great. And I just want to point out something if the audience didn't pick up on this, because we're dealing with smartphones and you're talking about all this situational awareness with with your personal resources, your LZ, everything is the geolocation is at a person level, correct? Yeah, so you'll see where every officer is at. So, you know, crossfire situation, you've got a barricaded subject. You don't want people that, you know, are pointing guns at another officer. So you can tell where they're at around that scene, making sure somebody doesn't move into an area where you would not want them in that area unless they were behind some solid cover. You know, who's responding where they're at type stuff, too. So it's it's not just the vehicle. It's not just the armored vehicle it's each individual officer is is one of those positions on that map so you can tell where people are at that's great now you mentioned the tac is free my understanding is that it is free but there is a learning curve and you mentioned a a website uh, tac.gov is that correct yep tak.gov and is there another supporting site or any information you'd recommend that people check out there's some Slack groups out there. There's some Discord groups that people get on, some Reddit groups. But if you want the best source of information, especially to get started, be at tac.gov. There's a lot of really good information on the site, including training. But if you get into you know setting up your own server and then you have any problems or wanting to track aircraft, I would recommend getting on some of those the, you know Slack groups. You can just search them up, get added in there, and just start 
dealing with your peers on what it is you're trying to do. And there's, there's always somebody out there who's done it. And there's always people who do it better than I do. And I try to pick their brains and that, that works out pretty well. Got it. You mentioned one other one, Active 911. Tell us about that app, please. So Active 911 has a uh, small fee with it. It's not free, but it's not a very expensive app. We use that to get dispatched on our calls at the fire department. So just to give you an example, what we used to do was issue every new volunteer a, a radio. We basically have replaced that with Zello. And then we used to issue them a pager. We've replaced that pager with Active 911. So instead of handing somebody, you know, $1,500 worth of equipment, when we don't know if they're going to show up, what we've been able to do is say, hey, load these two apps up on your phone. And actually, the three, we give them Telegram 2, load them into our fire department group chat. And so then we basically give them the equivalent of our group chat, our radio, and a paging system all in one. So Active 911. It goes off in the middle of the night. It'll alert my phone. It sets off like a little siren. I check it and it tells me, you know, kind of what the call is, where the call is. I can click a button and it'll map me to the call. I can also click a button that says, hey, I'm in route or yeah, I can't make it. And that lets the uh, fire chief know, hey, I've got five people on their way. It feeds that information in. So that's a that's a really good system. We like it. It's working very well for us. There's others out there like it, but if People aren't leveraging those in some way in their departments. That's a really good thing to look at. I really appreciate you sharing uh, on the app. Sometimes people are, are unaware of these and it helps to know what's free. And just to reiterate, all of those with exception of Active 911 are free. And as Amos pointed out, Active 911, there is a small fee involved. So Amos, it's really clear you've been very effective at leveraging mobile technologies of force multiplier. In terms of technology, What's next for either of your agencies? And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be mobile. What's on the horizon for you guys? One of the things we're working on now is uh, a regional PAC server that we will be able to include every department in the entire region. And that is just a kickoff to actually run some of these other apps together. So we've built up a pretty good working group right here in Carter County and even some of the surrounding counties. We're wanting to expand that out to make that more regional. So by bringing on location information with TAC and sharing that stuff, being able to share radio channels across jurisdictions with Zello and even have large group chats in Telegram for across the entire region is where we're looking to go. It's taking this stuff to the next step there's so many different ways that that will grow from that that I probably can't even think of now because there'll be a group of people look at all this and there'll be one smart guy in that room that's going to say, hey, you got this over here. And he'll bring that up and everybody be like, yeah, that's good. You know, having this technology is great. The next steps really is pushing this out to other agencies and other people to where it can just grow beyond one agency or one county or even one discipline but a, a really good multidiscipline, multi-jurisdictional response because it happens all the time. And it's usually a nightmare for somebody to control. And then, you know, also using some of the capabilities that when you have an event where infrastructure or communication is down or isn't available in a place that you can then backhaul that information back to the people who need to make the decisions on what other equipment or manpower needs to be on that scene or what you need somewhere, because, you know, that, that becomes very critical. And, you know, if you have tornado response, you got, you know, something that's taken out infrastructure 
how do you get that information back? And so it'll be looking at what are those next steps? What's those next things that we're going to be able to do? Understand. I ask you just looking ahead, what do you view? But thought occurs to me, probably many in the audience that are considering mobile are thinking, well, gee, law enforcement, field duty, firefighting, these are activities where typical technology often gets damaged. What types of devices are you using in the field hardware-wise, and what are you doing to protect them? So at the sheriff's office, we have the X-Cover Pro. Uh, It's already a hardened device, even without an additional case. You know, it can be used in the rain. It can be, you know, kind of beat on a little bit. You can use it with gloves on, which in the fire service is a big thing. You know, you got to have a screen that's sensitive enough. You can use your glove because you don't want to take your gloves on and off while you're doing something. It's got to be able to get dirty because you're going to get dirty using it. We have used that X-Cover Pro very efficiently so far. We're looking, hopefully, to upgrade to the new one that's that's come out already. So, you know, whenever we can make that happen. But, you know, having a good, durable phone with uh, reliable software on it is very critical because you can't have a buggy phone or one that pay the screen doesn't work very well when it rains because you're going to be out in the rain at some point and that becomes very critical. Got it. What about advice to public safety leaders that are thinking about going mobile and they're concerned about the cost, they're concerned about managing the programs. Do you have any recommendations for them? One thing would be really evaluate those devices In our trucks, we have Samsung tablets. We've had those working in there for uh, probably three years with no issues with those tablets. So, uh, you know, getting a good flagship device that's going to be supported, that's going to be important so that, you know, it lasts because you don't want to be buying something new like every year. And then coverage with whatever cell phone provider or internet provider that you have access to, really evaluate that coverage well. Cost is one thing, but coverage and having good coverage is another. We've been very fortunate in our area. Have, we will probably never get 100% coverage inside of our jurisdiction just because of the real rural mountainous terrain that we have. But we get really good coverage right now with T-Mobile, and you know we are using their Connecting Heroes. So if you got somebody out there that says, hey, you know I can't afford this, check out that Connecting Heroes program. It might be a way that you can afford to put that into an agency when you don't have a large budget and still put some of this stuff out and use it, it's been very beneficial for us. We'll put it that way. Understood. That's great advice. I want to mention to the audience that Amos was featured in a recent webinar on Fire Rescue One. He gave a great overview of the Hampton Valley Forge Fire Department's mobile program and some significant detail, more than what we shared today on using TAC, the Team Awareness Kit. So we'll provide a link to that webinar in our show notes. Viewing the webinar, of course, is free. And I want to take this time to really thank Amos for spending time with us. I know this kind of information is really helpful to those that are trying to get their mobile programs up and running or expand them in the most effective way. I'll also remind the audience that any opinions about particular products or services, they're the opinions of the guest. And a really big thank you to our show's sponsor, Samsung Electronics of America. They've been great to work with. And They're a big supporter of public safety, and we appreciate that. So to our audience, stay safe out there. And Amos, once again, thank you, sir. Thank you, Dale. I appreciate it. 